All right. The number of, uh, of electric vehicles on our roads is set to increase in the next decade. Uh, projections are showing that up to 50%, believe it or not, 50% of vehicles here in South Australia could be electric in 14 years' time. A survey conducted by our own RAA has found that, that 41% of the motorists here would consider buying an electric vehicle as their next car, 41 and a further 59% of motorists would be encouraged to buy an electric vehicle if public charging was provided. A couple of gentlemen who know all about it, and because a lot of us don't, but gee, we're talking about it, the number of people who are saying, oh, electric cars, is, is, is that a possibility? Peter Natras is the manager of Future Industries Growth and Low Carbon Division for the Department of Energy and Mining, and Mark Borlase, your home Mark regularly here in Adelaide's 5AA, is a senior manager. I'm not talking about his age here. He's a senior manager uh, for future mobility with the Royal Automobile Association. Peter and Mark, good afternoon to you both. Nice to have you here with us. Good afternoon. Yeah, good day, mate. Alrighty. Now, listen, so many questions out there. Uh, is that possible that that in, in 14 years' time, a survey, um, Mark, you'd be the person to answer this, a survey done by your organisation has found that, that 41% of us would consider buying an electric vehicle as our next car, and a further 59 would consider be would be encouraged to, to buy an electric car if uh, public charging was provided, please, Mark. Yeah, look, the reality is that uh, exposure to electric vehicles um, by the you know, normal people is is showing yeah. them that they're not the old golf carts. You know what they think is slow yeah. and and still a science project. These are mature products that are ready to go. That when you hop in them, um, there's almost no difference in the way you uh, interact with them, drive with them, except when you actually put them in motion, you realise how quiet they are, how powerful they are. And there's a bit yeah. of a a. Uh, a a, a moment there we, where all of a sudden the penny drops for a lot of people and what we're starting to see now is that penny dropping in more people and then them telling you know get, uh, telling other people and them going for drives in vehicles so all of a sudden uh, the risk of you buying something you won't like to live with is uh, diminished and that's why people are saying yes I consider them and the next two hurdles they come to is price and that's starting to come yeah. down and the other one is range and what we're starting to get is longer range you know you can get a 60 odd thousand dollar um, Hyundai now that'll do over 400k so it's getting to petrol sort of ranges and then once they know I'm not going to get stranded because there's actually going to be fast smart charges out in the country uh, then all of a sudden you know as we, as the survey said all of a sudden they really start to get on the shopping list right peter one of the uh, one of the barriers to people purchasing an electric vehicle has up until this stage been uh, the the range of the cars and also the uh, the availability of the uh, of the charges people are saying sounds like a good idea they're quiet they're economical they're pollution free but uh, we're concerned that we will be driving say to the country and there won't be a charging station what's your answer to that please peter well, I think that's that's a really good, uh, fair call in that uh, in 2020, the Electric Vehicle Council showed that 82% of people see that uh, public charging infrastructures are really important when looking at buying an electric vehicle. Uh, you mm. know, so uh, the state government uh, moving forward to build an electric vehicle charging network will make that decision a whole lot easier, easier for people, uh, uh, you know, when they're looking at their next purchase. Mark, you said that you've uh, you've done surveys there at the RAA. From what you know, what is South Australian our readiness to buy an electric car? And are there any things that we're 
we're overly concerned about with the, the purchase of one of these vehicles. Now, look, uh, originally it was a bit of safety. You know, everybody thought, oh, will I get, a, you know, silly stuff. You know, will I get electrocuted if it rains? All that sort of stuff. Well, uh, you know, so now we're, they're, they're starting to understand that the safety laws that surround the cars mean they will be safe. Obviously, the motor industry are gearing up um, to, you know, sort of have a, almost a switch from mechanics to uh, electricians to understand this. Yeah. It's going to have some implications for that whole industry because all of a sudden you've got something that... Uh, it doesn't need uh, servicing as often, you know. Um, some of them might not need a major service until 100,000 Ks. And, and what they've got, what the system they call regenerative, regenerative braking. So when you take your foot off the accelerator, the motor in the car actually instantly becomes a generator and slows the car down ta- using that energy to put energy back in the battery. Now, um, a lot of the cars... You can scale that up and down, what they call the retardation rate. And if you put it up high, you can almost drive the car with never touching the brake pedal. So all of a sudden, brake pads don't yeah. wear and all of these sorts of things. Yeah. And so you're still going to have tires that rotate that will wear out. So you, you, it's got some big implications for that industry, and they're starting to uh, get their head around what it's going to do for them. The other part about it, too, is that you're starting to get um, the sort of... Uh, add-ons that will start to see become available and it's not sci-fi it's actually here and now and this is obviously you plug your car into the wall at night and it gets charged but during peak periods the the power companies may actually borrow some some of that or buy some of that power back off of your car to put into the grid now it'd be nice if you could go to a petrol bowser at night and 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 produce petrol for the oil companies but essentially that's the potential so it's it's a game changer not just in owning them and what it's going to do to the industry. It's going to have a big effect on the power industry and also uh, an effect on the renewables because one of the great things that South Australia's got is because we've got such a high percentage of renewables, we're actually, we are actually driving around much, much cleaner than, uh, than uh, an electric vehicle in any other part of the country except maybe Tasmania. We're talking with Mark Borlase and Peter Natris about the um, the advent, not the advent, but the likelihood of electric cars. Um, Peter, question for you. Drew sends us a text. Do we know if they, electric cars, will have the grunt to tow the caravans and the boats and, uh, and the big trailers? So what's, the, uh, what's the story? What's the information you've got on that, please, Peter? Well, I'd say absolutely. If you look to the US with Ford, they've got the uh, F-150, um, you know, which is, I think, an icon for uh, getting the job done. Uh, and so uh, I think Ford's really setting the standard there. You've got uh, a Tesla there with their Cybertruck, equally a large vehicle. Um, and it's it's not just about pure electric vehicles in this instance as well. We know, for example, that Toyota with the Hilux, Hilux will bring in uh, a hybrid version so it's really important that the battery is actually a really important power assist um, to the internal combustion engine as well so helps uh, to um, you know really be able to pull heavy loads along the same lines uh, peter uh, fernando sends us an email he said will motorbikes also become electric he said uh, noise is often a, a safety feature of the motorbikes and as much as people and buses and other cars hear us coming electric bike bikes of course will be so much quieter hadn't thought of that one well i think um you can see where uh, as mark mentioned about the maturation of this sector when you look at that harley davidson has an electric motorbike uh, they can see their client base, they need to move to this segment. Uh, and so if, if we're looking at the noisiest bikes on the road, 
um, I think that we're going to see Harley uh, really transform the sector. Mark, what's the um, what's the attitude of the uh, the vehicle manufacturers to uh, to electric uh, electric cars? They're, they've adjusted to the fact that it is inevitable. It is coming. It's on the way. Probably sooner than later. Yeah, look, they uh, they're leading the charge. The reality is that they know that um, that uh, EV is the future. Battery technology is um, the future. Them. The cars themselves, are, you know, there's a sexiness about them now. Just going back to your point about the motorbikes, I think the fastest production uh, bike in the world right now is an electric bike, and you're having things like, right? yeah, well, you know, one of the one of the great ad, ad, attributes of the electric motor is it produces its maximum power at zero. So you've got, you don't have to wait like a petrol engine for it to build up revs to get your power. And that's why, <laughs> yeah, literally that's why, you know, the Tesla S when it came out was sort of, would knock off a Ferrari over a quarter of a mile, you know. So the, 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 that side of it is, um, uh, you know, really important. And one other survey we did uh, nationally with all the other motoring clubs last year was about um, who were the, who were the uh, groups that had the biggest appetite probably the biggest wallets to pay the gap and uh, it was the over 50s looking for a four-wheel drive that would pull a caravan because you know they're, they're uh, getting to that stage now where, where they're saying yeah we're happy to do it because the battery on the on the car can have a whole lot of other purposes you know it can run my caravan we can actually have proper you know very big um, um, you know, washing machines and, and powerful washing machines and things like that because you can run it off the car so look it's going to be a whole new world and um the manufacturers understand that we uh, the biggest problem we've got being a right hand drive market is that uh, you know we're one of the last markets to be served um and uh, because they you know there's enough demand in the the left hand drive markets that uh, we get on the shopping ah, list okay yeah right now we're talking with peter natris from the department for energy and mining and mark borley senior manager of course with the raa here in adelaide and uh, on the telephone from cheltenham on 8223 it's 17 minutes to two uh, bob's given us a call from uh, down there hello bob Good afternoon, fellas. Um, a question in regards to the the actual charging of uh, car batteries, say, at the end of the day during the night. How is the current uh, uh, network system of uh, electricity grid going to handle as, uh, you know, the increase in uh, people buying electric cars that need to be charged? How is that going to affect the, the current system that we have that, is that going to need to uh, come up to uh, uh, more expectations and uh, renewal, uh, et cetera, for the heavier loads that are going to be pulling through each household? So if you had a district, uh, a whole block of, or uh, a district of, and there was, uh, say, 60% or 50% of those uh, house residents uh, had an electric car and they pl- all plug in during the night um, uh, after they finished their motoring, how is that going to uh, sort of pull that? That would have a, a fair drain on the system. Well, Gentlemen? A, that's a, a good question, uh, Bob, uh, and absolutely, and that's why the government uh, has uh, committed up to $3.6 million for smart charging trials, uh, which uh, actually uh, we're calling for submissions on, and they close on the 15th of February, uh, and we're calling for business solutions and service solutions for... Uh, exactly that that challenge the integration of electric vehicles into our grid is a really important step and that's what the electric vehicle action plan that the government released before christmas is all about uh 
SA Power Networks, you know, we need to look to their assets and their, what they assure us is that if you look at the uh, peak electrical demand that we have in this state, it's in the hot months when, say between 5 and 9pm when we all come home, put the air conditioners on and if we look at how much electricity we're pulling at that time, the whole network's pulling, you know, a, around that 3,000 megawatts but a lot of the year we're not pulling anywhere near that. So a day like today... We've got very low use of our electricity network and what electric vehicles actually provide us as a community with the opportunity to do is to make a lot better use of that electricity infrastructure. All right, so to pull more electricity across the same wires to reduce costs for all households. We've got uh, Peter Natrus and Mark Borlase answering your questions about electric vehicles. There's questions like how much will they cost, what range once they're fully charged, what's going to happen to petrol prices, uh, government fleets and uh, the reaction of the big oil companies. All of these questions to be answered and you've got one to add to it. Give us a call on 8223 0000. Pilko of an afternoon. It's just on a quarter to two now. Australian workers have been doing it tough lately. But now Scott Morrison is using this crisis as an excuse to roll a whole bunch of new workplace laws together into one big omnibus bill. It will leave Australian workers with lower wages, less power and worse conditions than ever. The omnibus bill will hurt Australian workers. Authorised Ian Noonan, Construction, Forestry, Maritime, Mining and Energy Union, National Office, Melbourne. Hey, hon. Yes, dear? Why is the mower by the back door? And the blower vac? And the edge trimmer. Well, the weather is great and I want the lawn and garden looking like a brochure. <laughs> but they could all use a service before I can do that. Mm-hmm. And you have just one job. Load them in the SUV and get them serviced at Stanford Mowers. And then? Feed up, hun. The backyard is all mine this weekend, baby. Stanford Mowers. For servicing. 590 Main North Road, Jeff's Cross. Stanfordmowers.com.au it's uh, not only the adjustable beds you'll save on with Ali and the crew up there at Ultramatic, you'll also get 50% off. That's a <laughs> price saving on selected ResMed CPAP products. That's right, up to 50% off at the moment. But especially these uh, Ultramatic single, fully adjustable single electric beds at $24.99, a special offer delivered right to your front door, and that's a saving right from the word go. The best thing to do, though, with the purchase of one of these is go and have a talk to Ali, take the time to actually drive up to the Ultramatic showroom it's right opposite Scotty's Motel and you're thinking busy intersection Pilko where do you get a park, there's plenty of free parking available right outside free parking available right outside the Ultramatic showroom, have a talk to Ali about one of these uh, and they look brilliant, they are brilliant looking pieces of, uh, of equipment and these are the fully adjustable single electric beds at twenty four ninety nine. an incredible offer delivered right to your front door you get a better night's sleep, you feel better when you get up in the morning, it's good for your health, it's good for your weight, it also reduces uh, snoring, I ought to note that, it reduces your snoring and young Ali will be more than happy to take the time and explain to you just the many other advantages of one of these really good looking, ultramatic fully adjustable, single electric beds up there, simply go online and find out more details, visit ultramatic.com.au who can fix the shower? Service today. Who can fix the power? Service today. Yes, we can, is what we say. Service today. From emergency plumbing to electrical and heating and cooling, no matter what size job you need, at Service Today, the answer will always be yes, we can. It's Service Today guaranteed or it's free. Can you fix the shower? Yes, we can. Can you fix the power? Yes.
Yes, we can. Yes, we can, is what we say. Service today. Look out for our bright yellow trucks. Drum roll, please. Introducing the Bang for Buck lunch menu at the Albion and Excelsior Hotels. Just 15 bucks Monday to Friday. Choose from seafood, roasts, schnitzel and more. Just 15 bucks Monday to Friday at the Albion and Excelsior Hotels. I mean, why would you ever cook at home ever again? The Bang for Buck lunch menu only at the Albion and Excelsior. You just know. It's a Barrow Hotel. North Point Toyota are still filling it this week with a range of new vehicles in stock right now and available for immediate delivery. But these vehicles won't last long. If you're looking for Camry Ascent Sports, CHRs, Hiluxes, Yaris or Prados, now's the time to pop in for a test drive. North Point Toyota have new vehicles in stock and available for immediate delivery. It's the North Point way. North Point Toyota, Hillcrest Prospect, Port Augusta or northpointtoyota.com. At Spotlight, a window's what you make it. Save a massive 50% off the entire range of ready-to-hang indoor blinds and 30 to 50% off the entire range of ready-to-hang curtains so you can cool it, block it and shade it for less. Exclusions apply. At Spotlight, it's what you make it. Scrape your caravan, Walker Crash Repairs, an RAA-approved caravan crash repairer. This is Tony Pilkington. It's uh, just on 10 to 2. We're talking to Peter Natras. Peter is from the Department for Energy and Mining. And Mark Borlase, of course, uh, heard regularly here on Adelaide's 5AA with, uh, with the RAA. Uh, gentlemen, for Peter and, and Mark, a question for you both. What will be any idea as to how much one of these electric vehicles on average will cost? I know it will depend upon the, the size of the car and all sorts of things like that. Mark, any indication at this stage of the game a lot more expensive than, the, say, the normal cars? Yeah, so what happens is uh, a simple rule is range equals um, dollars, battery size. Okay. Essentially, uh, the bigger the battery you've got, the bigger the range you've got, the bigger the dollar cost you've got. Industry is predicting that 2025 will start to see what they call crossover, where the cost of an internal combustion engine and an electric vehicle in some manufacturers will be about the same. Um, they might not have the same range as the internal combustion engine, but be very close. They'll, you know, they'll do most people's needs. If you, you've got to remember that the average uh, commute distance in Adelaide per day um, is about 13 kilometres. 26 k's. Is that all? Yeah. Is so, that all? so for most people, you can live with a range of 30 k's a day if you're just doing that. That's purely, you know, it's a simple math of that. Nobody wants that. Everybody wants a lot more, um, uh, you know, uh, range in there. So the use of it is going to be very easy to do. So currently the cheapest, um, vehicle in the market is a Chinese built, um, MG which is around mid-40s, um, and from there you essentially start to add out, as I said before, you've got the, the Kona-type vehicles um, that have got 400-plus K range. You get the Teslas. As you go up over, um, they're going to be sort of around the 80s, the, the Tesla 3. You know, they're going to have sort of four and 500 K ranges. So it's going to be about what people's needs are. So if you are literally just a city commuter, and a lot of people will still have two cars. You might have your city car, which will be a small uh, EV that you know that you can get away with the charging every couple of days. But if you've got a place down the coast or one of those sort of things, you'll probably still have an, a conventional vehicle for a while while you do those big trips. Eventually, as people confidence in EVs build up, the second car on the driveway will become an electric one as well. 
And, and Tony, I think that's that's why this is such an important uh, investment that the the government's making. In that, twenty twenty five is not that far away, and when we get that crossover, because of the features that Mark mentioned before about the superior driving, the the owner experience is that, as we saw with solar panels, is that uh, we two thousand and nine ten, it then the price just fell. And so, as a community, uh, we're needing to be prepared for that change to make sure that this statewide charging network is in place to give people the choice of vehicles that when they become available at the right price, that people can buy them and they can go anywhere. Peter, the uh, the charges, the electric vehicle charges, I mean, um, who profits from having these? Uh, are we talking about the uh, the charge point operator or, or a business? I mean... And and will they be all over the place and readily available? Uh, you've heard people express concern, um, maybe there won't be enough charges to make sure that I can get from point A to B, especially on a long trip. Sure. So uh, what the government's running at the moment, so the Department for Energy and Mining is, is working with Regional Development Australia, uh, and we've got a call-out that closes on uh, the 15th, so next, next, uh, next week, uh, calling for... Uh, commercial property owners, tenants and councils to register sites. And so the opportunity, uh, their sites to be considered for charging. So we're next phase that we do is go to the market and ask for the charge point operators to make proposals to government. Um, And so we're looking at uh, 195 locations all across the state. So Flurio, the Riverland, Mid-North, Far North. uh, And the what's in it for the business is that that uh, or the host is that this is the, one of the largest technology disruptions that you know will occur in the 21st century. It's the electrification of transport, and so this is an opportunity to change where people uh, stop, all right, to turn into your town or to turn into your business. And so where these charges go is where people will go, and so it's an opportunity for businesses to put themselves on the map, have people come to them and for them to offer goods and services to those customers while they wait. In terms of the number of charges and, like, taking, you know, them being filled up, um, it's really important to note that this technology is improving at a rapid rate. We see, if you go to Keith, um, there's 350 kilowatt charges. These charges can put 350 kilowatt, uh, 350 kilometres of range in 10 minutes. So instead of standing at your car putting fuel in, you're actually plugged in and you're going to the services, you're buying your food, taking a stretch. So in the time it takes for you to refill yourself, um, your car's full and you're on the road again. G350Ks takes about 10 minutes. That's a, a real improvement in the uh, in the technology. Mark, a, a question from somebody said, um, does that mean that uh, our current petrol vehicles, diesel vehicles, are decreasing in value effectively every year as we get closer to the introduction? We're across the board of electric vehicles. Well, if you think of the average durability life of a car, it's around 20, uh, 20 years. You know, most yeah. cars will last 20 years now. So if you're buying a diesel now, you are going to be right at the end of probably when um, you well before then uh, before the end of its life Australia will probably be in a position where you won't be actually able to buy an internal combustion engine as a new car simply because the market would have walked away from it by then so yeah it may not be um, you know a great investment but the reality is those cars and and diesel infrastructure are still going to be around for decades because people still you know, we'll still need that sort of stuff, but it'll, there'll be a phasing across from 
uh, from fossil fuels across into electric vehicles. That it won't happen, you know, overnight. There'll be a gradual um, there'll be a gradual uh, movement across, and the the t- the take up as uh, as Peter said, the take up rate. Um, well, you know, will change as people get more confidence about it. But, uh, you know, things like the charge rate, as we said, the 350 kilowatt, 10 minutes, it's actually not the size of the charger that determines how quickly the car gets charged. It's the car itself who decides how quickly they get charged. So once you try and whack that much power into a car, it actually has to manage the heat that's being generated and the management of that heat cost a bit more in the car as well so look it's going to be a very very uh, dynamic market as as manufacturers find better ways and cheaper ways to bring these things to market with the with the technology that allows you to give give uh, to receive almost um you know fuel station type uh, charging times uh, it's inevitable and it's getting closer and closer. Gentlemen, thank you for the time this afternoon. Peter Natris and Mark Borlase talking about the fact that within a very short number of years, we will have electric cars on the road here.